0: How many of you uh, are in love with HGTV? I don't know. Maybe, maybe a couple of y'all. You know, my wife, fam, like that is her favorite channel on earth. And I see hands in here. I see hands. I believe online. Let me know in the chat. Put that hand up emoji there if that's you. And I mean, we watch all sorts of stuff. I mean, I'll never forget. Do you remember when Extreme Home Makeover came out? That was the crave, and everybody, everybody's waiting for the moment. Move that bus! And when the bus moves, and you're just like, "Oh my God!" and the people are freaking out. I think some of them are staged, though. A lie. Right? It's like, "Oh my gosh!" They're just losing their mind. And it's some some of them are not like that great, really, to be honest. But, <laughs> mans are throwing shade, eh? But look, but it was just, you know, I will never forget that show. But you know, I never there was there was uh, one that we were watching just out of the blue that popped up, and you know, there are a lot of the, kind of the bootlegs, you know, shows that these guys and brothers and sisters and people popping up and doing rental projects and all this sort of stuff. And this one house that we were watching, I mean, they walked in and it was rat doo-doo everywhere. You know, the there was there was stuff of, you know, uh, fungus all over, not fungus, uh, mold all over the walls. There were things were you know, parts of the roof were falling in. You could tell that there clearly, there's water damage and Just looking at that, man, immediately, first of all, I would have made it to the first for just the the welcome mat. Come on, somebody. And then the mat would have turned around and just bimmed immediately, right? But they're all walking through like, oh, yeah, look at this water damage over here. This is what? Oh my, there's some, there's a whole heap of rat poo over here. This is just, and they're walking around and inspecting and looking at it and all this stuff. And eventually they're like, all right, you know what? We, they're still hoping this house. And it was insane to me because I'm like, this is written off just as my grandmother would say, bratty ting down, man just mash this over right like and it should have gotten it should have just been mashed. so they end up ripping out the walls and they're in the video they're ripping it out they're doing all the stuff they're they're tearing down the roof they're you know and, and eventually it gets down to just the studs just the bare bones of the building come on somebody And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, yeah, the place stinks and looks crazy and all this stuff and whatever. Y'all done ripped out everything and now we're just down to the studs. I'm like, why not just rip down the studs too? Why not just take it apart and just start from the ground and just reestablish the foundation and go? No, they were like, they looked around, they looked at the studs, although there was all of that craziness on the top and they were left with just those posts they looked and they said this thing has some structural integrity and we are able to take what is existing here now that we've taken all this oh somebody sees where i'm going and it was amazing to me i mean this was a this was better than a move that bus moment when i look at what they were able to do come on they were able to do with that house. When I looked, what they were able to do with just those studs, it was mind-blowing to me because from my perspective, it looked like nothing could have been done. It looked like nothing should have been done. It looked like they should have just started all over again. But I love—I loved it because, uh, you know, that stuff, man, when you're a preacher, everything preaches. And I'm like, you grab those things and you just put them in the pocket. And you're like, well, I can't wait till I can preach this sometime and this is one of those moments because there's somebody here uh, today you showed up come on and when, we, if you just be honest when we look at your situation and when we look at your life your life looks like when they first walked in and for some of you uh, when we look at your life you've chipped, torn away all sorts of stuff uh, and many of you especially in this season families have been stripped away all sorts of loved ones all sorts of, uh, of, of health things have happened as a result of what has transpired with COVID COVID and for many of you you've been you your jobs have been stripped away and you know there's 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 hope and all of this and you're down to the place where things are looking like bare bones and many of you you're like you know what man I'm, all I see is studs all I see is bare bones and I'm to the place right now where it looks like man we might as well just tear it down and start again but I showed up to let you know or even to tear it down and put nothing back up come on but I want to let you know on today if I, I just showed up to declare to you that although all you see is studs although all you see are bare bones God is able come here Ephesians three twenty to do exceedingly and abundantly above all somebody say oh all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you and even though people will look from the outside and just see a raggedy tore down house even though you may look around and it looks like man i can't go any further this far no further it might not even be your house it might even be a loved one come on it might even be someone you're looking like you're like you're looking at and you're like man this addiction has them so strong and it seems like they've lost all sorts of stuff and there's nothing left oh can i have a witness in this place i know of people right now i'm looking at their life and man that drank has gotten it just has them held to the place where it's like man how much more can you lose and many of you are looking like your loved ones and condemning them instead of prophesying to them Oh, and I want to let you know that oh my, I feel this preach come creeping up on me. I'm just gonna go ahead and jump on the preach bus because I showed up to let someone who is at the end of your rope know, someone who is ready to put the eviction notice up on and the condemned notice up on the door. That there's still as long as there is life, there is hope. As long as God is still on the throne, you there is still hope for something beyond what you see right now. Are you with me? And I just love this because here in the text, this is obviously contextually and primarily, uh, this is Ezekiel uh, having an interaction with God who is challenging him around the state of Israel. And the fact is that they have been in Babylonian captivity. And so they've been in Babylonian captivity and the way that it looks because of their disobedience, because some of y'all are in the place that you're at because of the choices you've made. Come on, any witnesses? This is a good place uh, to put it because I forgot it. No perfect people allowed. Somebody had to put that in the chat. Uh, This is not a place that you have to come and act like you have it all together. And for many of us, your choices have landed you down to the bare bones uh, and where it looks like there is no hope beyond where you are. But the fact of the matter is, this is the way that it looked for the Israelites they were there and they're like man is there any hope and god tells ezekiel uh he shows him this vision in regards to this that he is going to not only deliver them from the chaldeans or from babylonian captivity but he's going to bring them back to their land and he is going to make them he's going to again get to the place where they will be he will be their god they will be his people and he is going to put his spirit somebody say his spirit his spirit in them and not only this this is believed to be a forecasting and a foreshadowing because christianity is the natural progression and spiritual progression out of israel and so this is believed to be also down the corridors of time speaking to how the church of god would be god's people and also have the spirit of god in us are you with me And so the fact is here in the text, uh, I believe that although there is this primary implication that secondarily, if you would oblige me uh, on this Sunday morning during this revival, I believe there are some things, some revelatory things that we are to grab that can assist and help us based on or or, uh, to help us with our perspective of what we're facing right now. If you're with me, say I'm with you ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1 the bible says just want to pull a few things out with the time that i have remaining the hand of the lord was upon me this is ezekiel and he brought me out in the spirit of the lord so ezekiel is brought out in the spirit this thing that he's seeing is not actually happening in flesh uh, but it is actually happening spiritually it is a spiritual thing that's happening and the lord is showing him the lord is showing him something supernaturally and set me down in the middle of the valley it was full of bones somebody say full of bones and he led me around them and behold there were many on the surface of the valley and behold they were very dry and he said to me he said to me son of man here's this question can these bones live i love the detail i just love the detail god is so terribly exact as it pertains to the way that he depicts things and so he talks about how it is dry and how it's not just dry but very dry and then he says to him he asks can these bones live here's point number one i want to note this for you god often asks us questions to reveal the level of our faith here we go again for you god often asks us questions to reveal the level of our faith here we find god asking ezekiel i mean you're the one that brought me into the situation you're the, the spirit of the lord is who brought him to that place but god asks him a question and so we believe that god is asking him this question as god usually does uh, to reveal the level of his faith how many of you grew up in a house where you ask your parents questions and they ask you questions in in response. Especially if you grew up in a West Indian house, your parents will always tell ask you stuff to try and teach you stuff. And so when you get to the place where like, you know, I again, my parents are, are my mom is biggin and growing up i will be like, "Mommy, Mom, can you please pass me uh the converter, convert well, we call it converter. Y'all call it converter or remote or uh yeah, that thing, the clicker or whatever. We call it converter and she'd be like, "Boy, you have In other words, boy, is your hand broken? And she's asking, in other words, is your hand broken that you can't get up and go and get the remote for yourself? Why are you asking me to get up and do it? You have the capacity and the capability to get up and go and do it. And I love it. Some of y'all catching some flashbacks. Because the fact of the matter is that God often asks us questions to reveal the level of our faith. And the thing is, God, even though our West Indian parents oftentimes try to embarrass us and call us out and all this sorts of stuff, uh, but God's desire is not to embarrass us, it's to position us for a miracle. And so right now, there are a lot of questions. There are questions uh, oftentimes that pop up when it comes to the things that you are facing and people around you that are asking questions. Is it possible for this to happen? Is it possible for that to happen? I mean, isn't it crazy how people will just start showing up and asking things often when it is that you are facing the most difficult things? And God through them is positioning you to be able to be a recipient for a miracle. He's positioning you and setting setting the situation up for when people are asking stuff in a snarky way or in a way that is meant to challenge your faith. You are able to rise up and make it clear that God is able to do what they don't even think is possible. So we see, we see these examples. John chapter six, verse five. Through seven, you know, when Jesus feeds thousands of people, and the Bible says in verse, uh, the Bible says in verse, verse five, on um, we're lifting up his eyes, then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him. This is chapter uh, six, and I'm reading from verse five for the sake of time. I'm just going to go on. Jesus said to Philip, "Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat?" So they out in the middle of a field, thousands of people are around. And Jesus is there and his disciples are with him and they're asking in that moment, he asked uh, Philip, where are we going to buy bread to feed all of these people? And so Jesus asked this question, Bible says, uh, he said this to test him. Sometimes Jesus is strengthening our faith. It says he knew what he was going to do or revealing our faith because many of you you are in a place where you declare and you say that you have faith but the fact of the matter is when certain situations pop up you can see that your faith is actually rested elsewhere faith that is not tested can't be trusted and so Jesus asked him, it says that he asked him to test him. He already knew what he was going to do in that moment. We also have in John chapter 5, what book did I say? One chapter before this, there's this man that is by this pool and he's been bound at Bethesda. And he's been bound for 38 years. He can't move, he can't go anywhere. And Jesus asks one of these questions that's a challenge. It's like, why are you asking this question? Why are you asking him? But Look at what he says. Says he was by this in verse 3. In these lay a multitude of invalids. John 5 verse 3. Blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answers him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, no one put me in the pool uh, when it's stirred. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus says to him, get up, take your bed up and walk. How many of you know that the fact of the matter is just because he was there for 38 years and people were stepping down in the pool in front of him, just because he was facing what he was facing for so long, did not mean that he actually wanted deliverance. Uh, some of us are so comfortable with our mat we're so comfortable we have become in a dysfunctional fashion addicted to the pain and the things that are happening in our life as a result of what it is that is going on in our situation the dry bones we have we have gotten come to the place where we have many of us a strange attraction to the dry bones And so when asked, you might be like, well, duh. But this guy just starts making excuses as to why he can't get in the pool. When God asks you questions, he's not asking you the question to embarrass you. But he's positioning, he's attempting to position you to where you're like, yeah, I can't do this. Come on. And in this situation, it's crazy and it looks nuts. But God, I believe, Philip, I believe that you are able to feed these 5,000 people. You can do it, even though I don't know how it's going to happen. And so I love Ezekiel's response back to Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, I love it because he makes it clear in verse 3. He said, son of man, can these dry bones live? And I answered, oh Lord, you know. And so in that moment, you know, many people would look and trip up and say, well, you know, why didn't he just say, oh, of course, you know. But no, he expresses his faith in God in that moment in God's ability to be able to take that situation and how it looked representing Israel uh, and bring life back to them. Come on, one more time. Somebody say, live. live. And so in this moment, here we go. He says in verse four, then he said to me, prophesy. In other words, declare the word of the Lord. Speak to these bones. Speak to. There are two types of prophecy. There's foretelling. Everybody say foretelling which means you can tell that something is going to happen in advance. Uh, but there's also forthtelling where you're just declaring what the Lord has said. You're declaring what it may be have written or he may have said to you to tell and to declare uh, over the, the audience that he has prescribed it for. And he says in this moment, prophesy. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord somebody say hear the word of the Lord I love this. I love this. I love this because uh, he, then uh, God goes on to prop, to tell him what it is that he is supposed to say to the dry bones. He doesn't say what he thinks he should say. Come on, somebody. He doesn't say what somebody else is suggesting to him, uh, but he goes on and proceeds to say exactly, oh my, somebody, exactly what it is that God has told him to say. Can I give you point number two? Here it is. Declare what God said, not what you think or others suggest. (sighs) Let me say that again. Declare what God said, not what you think or others suggest. I want to let you know that many of us the reason why the bones are still dry in your life is because you instead of saying what it is that God says you're declaring what the media is saying over your situation come on somebody you're declaring about what the haters are saying in your life and your situation and you're grabbing that word and declaring death when God is telling you to speak life come on somebody and you and I we got to get to the place where we're we're not declaring what it is that we think over the situation. I know that when you look at it, you just see Ezekiel a field of dry bones and dead bones. It looks—I mean, this the live the lives of that were attached to these bones were now expired. Come on, somebody! And so technically, it was over. Uh, but I wonder if there's anybody in this place. Uh, come on, Luke one thirty-seven that knows for with God all things are, uh, nothing shall be impossible. I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows according to John chapter. 11 there was a man named Lazarus can I just preach about Lazarus that was in oh my I just feel this he not only had died but he was in the grave for four days and the Bible says that he was stinking come on is too great for our god god was able to show up late to them and cause and call lazarus to come out of the grave can i preach this thing like i feel it there's people that's looking at your situation and they say that it is too late for the way that things are looking right now in fact the thing that you're going through has begun to stink but can i tell you that the stink is not too great for the savior come on somebody that the god who created those bones is capable of bringing life to that situation i just want to prophesy and declare to some marriage in here today oh my you've been going to marriage counseling and you've been in that place where it's been a challenge and you're like man it looks like this marriage should be over it looks like there is no hope and no help but i'm so glad that we serve a god that doesn't just resurrect things but in that same john 11 he said i am the resurrection and the life and as long as jesus is right there in the middle of the situation. Dry bones can get up. Somebody that believes it ought to give the Lord some praise. Not about what you think. Not about what others suggest. I hear Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Here it is. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Come on. And he will direct your path. You're wondering what should you say to those bones? Seek God and ask him. Stop looking at Google for it. Come on, somebody. Stop looking at Instagram for what you should declare over your marriage and over your life and your family. People just taking snapshots. Come on, somebody. Curating pictures and you don't see all the mess and all the junk that's around and outside of that frame that is there. Can I just talk to somebody and let them know the fact of the matter is that oftentimes we are declaring stuff that's not what God said to say. But it's what we think or what others suggest. Then we're wondering why it won't come back to life. My God, what did God say? What did God say? And you know, I'll even tell you this. I'll even take it a step further because there are a lot of you. The reason why the thing you're facing has not come back to life is because you've been trying to speak into the existence stuff that God is trying to speak out of existence. Okay, I'm just going to close the book and just go... I just wonder if it's anybody in this place you declaring faith to stuff that God says I want that thing to die. Come on somebody. There are things you got to know and see. That's why the spirit of the Lord led him to do this. So in fact the matter is there are many of you. That's the thing. I, this is why I'm Larry about everybody always declaring and decreeing and I declare and everywhere my foot. What if God didn't say where your foot that place that if your foot treads there that that's what you're supposed to get taking scriptures out of context walking up on places what if god has a better house for you but do you know did you ask him or did you just go on Zilla or whatever one of those websites and start looking stuff up i'm telling you the house that my wife and i have listen i don't care if it's bigger or smaller than anybody but it is right for us and at the appointed time when god caused Living in a basement without even a window for my daughter for the past six years up here as the senior pastor of the church. I want to let you know and understand. I was not just trying to be out here keeping up appearances. Who am I talking to? Oh, pastor, why are you driving that? You're a pastor. Oh, why are you living there? You're a pastor. Come on, all this foolishness is why pastors are bankrupt in the first place and putting all this flash out there but don't actually have Anything to their name. Come on, somebody in this place. And I said, I'm staying in this basement until the Lord directs me and tells me where to go. Come on, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care how it looks. As long as God is in control, I'm not keeping up appearances. I am to the place where I want to do what it is that He said. I wonder if it's anybody in here that says I want God's will for my life. I don't. Want I don't care about what you think I don't care about what you suggest I don't care about the ways that the books the the bones look in my life as long as Jesus is in control I'm going to continue I can walk on water when I follow his word I'm telling you Peter wasn't walking on water he was walking on the word come on somebody All this decreeing and declaring, decreeing and declaring stuff that you think God's blessing you with, you cursing yourself with. Presumptuous as all get out. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. Here it is. For all you declarers and decreeers, declaring and decreeing stuff God didn't tell you. Look at what it says. Come now. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, people don't like this stuff now. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills this this bible this bible See you can you grabbing text out of context decreeing and declaring this text says bible says instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will live and do this or that come on and watch what he says here verse 16 this applies to a large portion of the church the big c church says and as it is you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil I decree and I declare this house. Did God tell you that's your house? I decree this man is mine. Oh, now you out here doing witchcraft. Come on, somebody. Talking about you pray at home, I decree and dec-. God's like, listen, fam, there is, oh man, am I supposed to really go here today? I just want to help somebody to know up here sin, and then y'all get up in certain marriages and relationships that end up being jacked, and then you'll cry the same way you cry and you decreed and declared to get in it, now you decree it and declare it to get out. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna, if the Lord wills. I think, see this thing, some people don't like this stuff because like, oh, you're not having faith. You're not having, well, no, listen, fam. I don't have faith in my plans because I am not omniscient. Come on, somebody. But I know that I serve a God who knows the beginning from the end. And if I trust in Him, He is going to give me a successful plan for the future. Come on, somebody. Are y'all still with me? I'm almost there. Look. Tech says, Tech says, If you will. So he goes and he tells him what to prophesy. The Bible says in verse uh, verse, verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. Somebody say, a sound. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to its bone. Here we go, point number three. And I got one more and we're done after this. Revival is often preceded by a sound. So imagine this, he's saying, first of all, this is a doppy picture all together, fam. Mans are out here watching, bones in a field. First of all, you know, we would have we not, we wouldn't even have been there. Not only in the house, I'm like, I see these, fo- okay, sorry, fam. We're out of here. It's only some people are like, oh, I wonder, the thigh bone is connected to the leg bone and the elbow is connected. Let's, let's play, hey, Jimmy, you come over here and pick one of those up. Let's play bones, Yay. We would have been like deuces fam. revival is preceded by sound the bones start rattling come on somebody they start rattling and then uh there's a sound that's happening and i want you to know uh you know the fact of the matter is uh that when it is that god has said stuff and some of you you've been saying over your marriage what god told you to say come on you've been saying over your mind what god told you to say and stuff just starts to shake up come on there's rattling i hear acts chapter 4 acts chapter 4 they're there uh, in the house they were persecuted and the bible says that they begin to pray and they begin to. To seek god and as they're beginning to seek god bible says in verse 31 that the place in which they were gathered together was shaken come on and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word with boldness acts chapter 2 right where pentecost happens which was a feast that god chose to pour out his spirit on all flesh and this is a part of the prophecy that we're reading in ezekiel 37 that the spirit would come and would pass on and so this is powerful because the bible says in acts chapter 2 uh, verse 1 to 3 that there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind come on and there are many of you you're hearing stuff you're hearing stuff you're hearing stuff and, and i want you to get to the place where you don't get scared by the sounds of revival come on you know when you're in your house and you're sitting in your room and you just hear the floor go and you just you there by yourself you're wondering like what on earth is that come on don't be look look down your neighborhood somebody in the chat i also put tell them tell them tell them don't be scared don't be scared i know stuff is starting to shake up i know you're trying you're listening when you started walking on the word when you started believing the gospel god's been revealing some truths to you come on and been doing some stuff in your life and you're to the place now where you're like man oh man people are starting to say all sorts of crazy stuff i'm hearing a sound how many of you know the sound doesn't always sound sweet it don't always sound uh, like Leah or Pastor Patricia don't always sound like Dean tickling the keys how many of you know sometimes the sound sounds like jealousy but even if it sounds that way it's still the sound of revival there are many of you sometimes the sound sounds like haterade and you got to get to the place where you're like even though it sounds the way that it does come on somebody if god said it it's going to come to pass don't matter how it sounds don't matter what they say to me does it matter how they look don't matter how stuff is shaken come on somebody sometimes god has to shake some stuff up so it can be mixed well If I had a gla- if I had a glass of Snapple right now, come on somebody on the bottle of the Snapple, it says on the oh can I just preach this thing like I feel it on the back of the bottle? It says that you've got to shake well. Come on somebody because settling is natural. I didn't. just want to tell somebody you've been in this place where you've been settling come on somebody all of this stuff that's happening in your life and i just want to let you know today that settling is natural but god has not called you to a natural life i feel like preaching this thing god has called you to a supernatural life and so you got to get to the place where you let him shake you come on somebody because even when the shaking happens all he's doing is making sure that you are mixed up well so that when people taste and see they will know that the lord is good come on i want have a church in here or online that knows that god has not called you to settle although it's natural everybody is settling but what god wants to do is he wants to revive those dry bones he wants to get them to the place where oh my where people look and they're those who counted you out that count out turns into an altar call because they know come on somebody that at the end of the day it couldn't have been done if it was not for the grace and the power of the lord oh my as i bring this plane down i wonder if there's somebody that can put those hands together if you believe that there's still hope for the dry bones in your life you ought to come on clap them like you believe it come on clap them like you believe it in this place I'm almost there. I'm almost there. But I got to give you this one. Are you ready for the last one? Here it is. Look. Look at the text. Look at the text. Uh, Bible says. Bible says. He uh, makes it clear and he says uh, that we... Watch uh, this. And verse 8. And I looked and behold there were sinews. Somebody say sinews. On them. And flesh had come upon them. And skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them i want to tell you this uh the fact of the matter is the fact of the matter is uh, that note the way that god does stuff uh, god is spiritual yes but god is also strategic uh, can i tell you uh, that if god had gone to put breath on the bones uh, there is nothing to contain the breath Oh my, can I just talk about it? If God, if God had sent the blessing at that time, it would have just poured all over the floor. If God uh, put some food attempted to feed that body, come on, feed those bones, there would be nothing to contain the nourishment. Oh, here's my last point. I want to give it to you and preach it and get out of here. Number four, seek God's structure and not just his power. Oh man, I just feel I, feel, I feel this all up in my sha na I just feel, I'm about to just take laps around this place because I want you to understand, watch this, that what God wants to do in your life, He don't want you to be, God has not called you to run around here looking like Skeletor. And there are many of you that are wondering why it is that God has not poured out or breathed in to the thing that you are desirous of and that's because you're doing it out of order. God's desire is not just to give it to you but he wants to bring you to a place where he is able to sustain you. Who am I talking to on this morning? I want you to understand even when we launch this church there are many people who are like why don't you just go and grab a storefront and just start it like everybody else. And I want to let you know that the Lord told us, God was like, no, before you start this church, what I want to do in serve city, come on somebody, what I want to do, if, I, if you start it like that, it's just going to crash and burn, it's going to be a flicker and a flash, and then it's going to stop. God's like, I'm trying to do something generational, and so we took, watch this, we took an entire year before we even started this church. We took a year to pray. We took a year to raise funds. We took a year to learn strategy and best practices because we believe that God had something like what you're sitting in and what you see happening that would would not have been possible if we did not seek the structure and not just the power. And there are many of you that have dreams. Oh, can I just talk to you? You have dreams and there's stuff that you're seeking God for. Come on. And you want the end result without putting in the work. And God is showing, look, note this, note this, this is the reason why God put water in place before he put fish there. And you can be spiritual and still strategic. Oh oh my, my wife wasn't even ready to plant this church when we started this church. And there are many who are like, well, I'm just going to do it. And she just going to have to behave and come along. Take care of God's house and he'll take care of yours is the biggest lie from the pit of hell. Can I tell you first Timothy chapter 3 says I'm not even qualified to be a pastor if I'm not taking care of my Okay y'all don't want And so we had to spend a year in preparation before we even launched this church because it was our desire to make sure that we weren't just seeking power and it wasn't just about a stage, but we truly wanted to create something that will become a legacy church in this city and beyond. And God, the vision he gave me is that wherever there are people on the earth, that the impact of Serve City will be felt. And so when you hear us talking about doing stuff in India and doing stuff in Africa and even things that you haven't, even heard yet i want to let you know this is the vision coming to pass but we wouldn't be able to do it do it if we did not take the time and structure ourselves especially within the charismatic church i'm done once you understand this this is why seeking power those of us who consider ourselves charismatic seeking power but not order and so we love tongues and we love dancing and we love all of this but we ignore what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 39 to 40. It says, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. I got Bible readers in here. And so order is imperative. And so I want to tell you today to wake the faith up. Come on, somebody. I know you're looking at bones in your life. Come on. I know that it looks crazy. I know that there are things that you have lost. I know that when you look at the house, all you're seeing is posts and it looks nuts. But I want to encourage you to understand, to hear what it is that God is saying. And if it is that you have heard from the Lord, keep declaring what God has said, despite what others say or what you think and watch god bring life to your bones Come on somebody if that's a word for you i declare and i encourage you to put those hands together and open that mouth someone that believes it and can we give god praise by faith in advance that's the praise you got come on can we give him praise if you believe that the best is up ahead